0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of the Analyze and Educate podcast. Today is November 24th, and today we are going to be talking about Operation Peace Spring. Once again, we have seen an increase in offensive operations since the last time we spoke. Um, decent amount of updates. We got casualty updates, of course, updates to the timeline, and a decent amount of updates to the Order of Battle as we are seeing which units under the Syrian Arab Army are involved in the broader operation? So, of course, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see, what you don't want to see. You could find me, of course, at Kirko408 on my personal on Instagram. We are also at Analyze Educate on Instagram. That's all one word. Again, hit us up there's something you want to see something you don't want to see just let me know what you think of the podcast spread the word uh family friends whoever you think is interested in this kind of thing like share subscribe review the podcast if uh if you could do that wherever you're listening of course we're on uh, apple spotify uh google podcast breaker all that good stuff and uh yeah thank you for the support really appreciate it hope you guys enjoyed the episode Alright, so like I said in the description, this will be about Operation Peace Spring again. So, since the last time that we spoke, let's go over a a brief um, overview of events and then I'll get into a a more general timeline as we go. So, Kurdish forces in the ceasefire area are actually operating due to a loophole in the Russian-Turkish agreement. So these are not the YPG. They're the internal security forces or the Asaish of Rojava, or the Kurdish-led autonomous region of Syria that broke from Assad's government after they retook all this territory from ISIS. So these are not YPG. These are the security forces of Rojava, even though they are Um, heavily tied to the YPG and dominated by Kurds. So it's a loophole in the agreement that they're operating through. Clashes are continuing between the Syrian National Army and the Syrian Arab Army with the SDF fighting alongside them, um, even in face of the ceasefire agreement. So the Syrian Arab Army is actually using main battle tanks and anti-tank guided missiles against the Syrian National Army. So that's a step up in uh, tactics and employment of weaponry that we have seen. There were reports earlier this month that U.S. forces were attempting to secure the M4 highway with mechanized infantry um, that travel in Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, for those who don't know. As of now, those reports seem to be unfounded. There were reports that uh, SNA fighters were using SDF uniforms um, to, of course, try and uh, trick the SDF and the SAA and probably conduct insider attacks. I'm not sure if those actually were successful though. So there have been numerous reports that Turkish forces are resettling homes of displaced peoples in Telet and Rasulan. They are settling those homes with people that are not from that area. So Turkey is trying to uh, drive out the Kurds and settle those with um, either Arabs or ethnic Turks. The Russian military has deployed MI-8 and MI-35 helicopters and Pantsir air defense systems to the Kamishli airport and that coincides with reports that we received the last time that the military was attempting to use Kamishli Airport as a major air base and potentially lease that from the Syrian government for the next 49 years, I believe. Since the last time we spoke, the Syrian national army has taken the village of Tal Tamar in the Ahas- Al-Hasakah Governorate. So that's a major step up in the SNA offensive, clearly showing that the ceasefire is indeed not working. Russian military police are reportedly set to establish an observation post in Tamar. I'm not sure what that's going to do, if the city's already taken. Now we'll get into a more generalized timeline. So on the 10th of this month, the uh, commanding general of the SDF Maslam Abdi stated that the Turkish-Russian patrols are to take place once a week. Now we've seen that on the 23rd of this month, Turkish armed forces and the Russians have conducted their 10th patrol of the ceasefire area since that agreement has gone into place and they were escorted by attack helicopters during that patrol. Also on the 10th, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for the U.S., General Mark Milley, said that likely less than 1,000 U.S. troops are to remain in northern Syria, and that coincides with reports that they're going to be guarding oil fields. ISIS has taken advantage of the situation, and on the 10th, they attacked Christians in Kamishli killing an Armenian Catholic priest, targeting an Armenian Catholic school and church, and an Assyrian-run business. Those attacks killed eight and injured 22. Like I just said, ISIS is taking advantage of the chaos, and they are doing all they can to continue to make a name for themselves and spread their influence. And this provides them with a great opportunity now that the target is off their backs. On the 11th, Reuters reported that Turkey started repatriating ISIS fighters to Europe. So that's not good. We saw before the start of the operation that Turkey threatened to flood Europe with over 3 million refugees if they continued to condemn President Erdogan over this operation. And if they are repatriating ISIS fighters into Europe, we could see further terror attacks in Europe, as it's been threatened by the group. On the 16th of this month, the SDF moved to secure Tamar. and of course the city, sorry, the village has now been taken by the SNA, so the SDF was unsuccessful in their defense of the city village. Apologies. On the 18th of this month, protests broke out in the city of Al-Bab against the Syrian National Army occupation. Police in the city killed at least one protester with live rounds after shooting him in the head. On the 23rd of this month, a Russian armored vehicle reportedly ran over a civilian vehicle in the Mambish countryside, killing three women and injuring three others, including a child. This is a hit-and-run Incident, if it's true, as it was reported. Also on the 23rd, an SDF coalition joint operation in the eastern Derizor countryside killed two and captured 22 of a suspected ISIS cell. ISIS cells in Derizor are spreading their influence again, taking advantage of the situation now that the target's off their backs. Hopefully, the SDF and the coalition can... Uh, sort of keep the lid on them while Peace Spring is still going on. Syrian National Army and the Turkish Armed Forces attacked one kilometer north of An-Isa, and the SAA retreated from their positions near the prison camp. Uh, supposedly, we've been constantly seeing this among SAA units. They are reluctant to stand and fight against the Syrian National Army and the Turkish Armed Forces. Also on the 23rd, the Turkish armed forces shelled SDF positions in the outskirts of the city of Azaz. The city of Azaz is in the Operation Olive Branch territory, so that it was captured by Turkey in 20, late 2017, early 2018, if I remember correctly. So that city has been held by Turkey since. However, the SDF and their aligned groups have launched an insurgency Against Turkish forces, so we continue to see fighting in that area. <coughs> Turkish armed forces also shelled SDF positions in Anisa on the same day. The Syrian National Army took the villages of Sada and Malak from the Syrian Defense, sorry, Syrian Democratic Forces (SDF). Russia and the Turks negotiated to remove the Syrian National Army from those villages after they were taken, and it appears that SMA forces have indeed removed themselves from those villages, so that's good. Today, on the 24th, we've seen calm in the area of Anissa after Russian warplanes flew over in a show-of-force operation, so not much has gone there, and that's good. Relative quiet, I'm sure, is nice for a change over there. It reports that the Syrian Arab army were ordered not to engage Turkish armed forces recently. And speculation is that the order came down from Russia, which I assume is plausible. Um, I don't know how well that's going to hold up. Um, We'll see. We'll see. SAA forces and the uh, Turks and the Syrian National Army shouldn't be fighting each other in the first place due to this agreement. So we'll see if uh, SAA units actually uh, comply with that order. Okay, so now we'll move on to casualties again. Keep in mind, this is all coming from the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, take everything here with a grain of salt. I don't think anyone truly knows the exact number of casualties that have gone on so far. So they're reporting that the SDF has taken 445 killed in action, at least. Syrian Arab Army has taken 29 killed in action. Turkish armed forces have taken 13 killed in action, with two of those being killed by Kurdish insurgents in the Operation Olive Branch area. I'm including it in this toll due to the broader conflict between Kurdish groups and Turkey. Syrian National Army has taken at least 355 killed in action. At least 147 civilians have been killed by both sides, both in Turkey and in Syria. The number displaced is still sitting above 300,000 people. We'll see if that number continues to rise as we continue to see an increase in offensive operations by the SNA and the Turkish Armed Forces. Now to move to the order of battle, we actually have a decent amount of changes here and updates. So for the Turkish Armed Forces, we see the National Intelligence Organization taking part in the operation for the Syrian Democratic Forces. We have the cardboard Guards, and that is an Assyrian militia that defends Assyrian villages in the Hasakah government, and they were brought into this conflict at the Battle of Tal Tamar. That is one of the villages they were charged with defending. So now that Tal Tamar has been lost, they have been brought into the broader conflict against Turkey. Now for the Syrian Arab army, we actually have a good amount of updates here because we're finally starting to see which units are involved in this operation. So on the Manbij front, we have the Republican Guard. The Republican Guard, we have the 104th Brigade, 106th Brigade, and the 100th Artillery Regiment of the Republican Guard. We also have the 1st Division. We got the 68th Brigade, and under the 68th Brigade, we have the 282nd battalion. Now we have the Kobani Front. For Republican Guard units, we got the 30th Division and the 105th Brigade. For the 1st Division, we got the 57th Brigade, and under them is the 846th Battalion. Also for the Kobani Front, we have the 12th Regiment of the Border Guards. For the Anisa slash Al-Raqqa Front, we got the 5th Corps of the SAA. Under the 5th Corps, we have the 5th Brigade and the 7th Brigade, and under the 7th Brigade, we have the 3rd Battalion. We also have the 148th Regiment, with the 2nd Battalion serving under them, and lastly, the 103rd Artillery Regiment. Also, in the Anisa Front, we have the 104th Brigade of the Republican Guard, and under them is the 476th Battalion. For the Tal Tamer Front, we have the 17th Division of the SAA. Under them would be the 54th Regiment, with the 23rd Battalion and 79th Battalion serving under them. Also the 121st and 123rd Infantry Regiments. For the 3rd Division, we have the 20th Brigade with the 38th Battalion serving under them. And we have the 10th Division with the 62nd Brigade serving under them. For the Northeast Husikoff Front, we have the 5th Regiment of the Border Guards serving for the SAA. And that is all the changes that we have for the order battle. And that concludes all of our updates and thus this episode of the Analyze and Educate podcast. everyone thank you for listening to this episode of the analyze and educate podcast like i said before you could find us on instagram at analyze educate all one word you could find me on my personal at kirko 408 on instagram you could find this podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, anywhere you find your podcast. Really, like, share, subscribe, review the podcast. Whatever you got to do, spread the word. The support helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. I hope you like this episode. Um, hit us up. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you want to see. You know, what whatever you want to tell me, just hit us up. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time.